is Joshua Holt with the City and the Sound Podcast. This is episode five. We're talking to the band Good Lord. Good Lord is comprised of Harper Ellenberg and Sam Roberts. So before we get started talking about Good Lord and the music and get into the details of how they formed, what I want you to do today is open your ears, expand your mind, and listen to this. So I'm here with the band Good Lord. Wow. We're here with Harper uh, Ellenberg. <laughs> Hello. And Samuel Roberts. Hello. How's it going, guys? Pretty okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty fine. Yeah, pretty today's, fine. today's been actually pretty good for me. I'm like, I, it's, today's my off day, so I'm just oh. like, I've done nothing and just relax. It's, it's kind of nice. So, Sam, you're in Wyoming right now, is correct? Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. One of the wise states, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you w uh, state, yeah. <laughs> w state. See, I'm, I'm, I'm bad with this. <laughs> well, you, had, you, had, you had me was, spelling it out, and I was like, I've written it down many times now. <laughs> but there could be a Y in there. You're right. One of, the du- one of the W states. That, that's the one. <laughs> so, There's uh, like a Y can, in every W, right? <laughs> Sometimes why. There's a why in all of us. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you guys are originally from uh, Alabama? Yeah. So which yes. part are you guys uh, each from? Sam, you go first. Uh, I mean, I think we're both from Birmingham. I, don't, <laughs> I feel like you may have a surprise answer, Harper, that I don't know about. No, I, I thought you were going to say – because – I, I lived other places besides yeah. – But I was born in Calhoun County. There you go. Uh, That's what I was getting at. I then moved to Birmingham, but <laughs> yeah, but we're both basically from Birmingham for sure. Yeah, and we met we met in Birmingham. Gotcha. So, like, what was kind of like life growing up, kind of in the Birmingham area for you guys? Um, it was pretty great. Both Harper and I went to Vestavia, uh, which is like very much a suburb school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think both both Harper and I kind of separately, but we're kind of in, in some of the same, same circles did still spend like a good amount of time downtown going to, to shows at the firehouse and in other venues of the day. Um, mm-hmm. Harper, you don't know if you have anything. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, pretty much the same. It was a fairly kind of normal early life for both Experience. of us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just, yeah, I, going to shows, uh, just, I mean, Sam and I both played in, in bands in uh, high school and college and stuff, but. So what was the kind of the music you guys kind of listened to growing up, I guess, respectively? Um, I feel like my musical, like, I don't know, my, like my musical infancy phase, like, was all from my parents and they gave me just like and showed me like the weirdest stuff like my idea of music at like age 10 was like you know the beatles 
soft rock, like looking glass in like Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione. <laughs> the king of the hill guy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then like, you know, then what was on the radio, like top 40 stuff. Like I loved Ludacris growing mm-hmm. up. Like he's my favorite. And like, I thought, I thought that like that was the confines of the, of music. It's like, Oh, okay. So it's either going to be like poppy top 40 stuff now, or like weird soft rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I, I feel like I like got into like punk rock and, you know, other kind of, you know, basic kind of classic rock stuff. And it was like, oh, wow, there's a whole nother world out there. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, Sam? <laughs> um, I was trying to think, like we had, I feel like my parents' taste of music is not not the greatest. We did have like a Beach Boys Greatest Hits CD. That's nice. Like growing up, like that was like the only thing we listened to on the way to and from school. And um, they really like Jim Croce too, who was like, I think, those are probably the only two artists we have any sort of functional overlap uh, with. But yeah, I, I like, um, I had a big classic rock phase. Oh, yeah. I saw Def Leppard at City Stages oh, downtown that's Birmingham. Dope. Heck yeah. Like fifth grade. I think I also saw Nelly that weekend. It was like, <laughs> what that, a was combo. The fe- that was the festival, man. That, and that was like probably kind of similar to Harper, both of my sides of my musical interest at that, that time. So when, did you, so when did you guys like i guess respectively or together when did you guys started like getting like into music and sort of like wanting to like play it um i kind of started yeah, yeah. in uh in a in middle school i started taking guitar lessons and whatnot mm-hmm. and I, I played saxophone and band uh all throughout high school and middle school and i'm not very good at it but i had a I had a good time and i tried i tried a little bit um, I didn't try very hard. Um, but then I started playing, yeah, I started taking guitar lessons and did that for a long time. And that just sort of, um, that developed like an interest in like playing and writing my own music and stuff. And then, you know, as I quickly grew out of my classic rock phase and started discovering other music and just becoming interested in more and different types of things. Yeah. I mean, kind of a similar thing for me. Um, I, I like knew I wanted to be in a band in in middle school, but mm-hmm. like I didn't have a way to like, I didn't know how to play music or anything. Like I didn't think to like get a guitar or anything like that. So when I was like a freshman in hi- high school, I think I like started my first kind of band with my friend and it was just him playing guitar and stuff that he had written. And, um, I would just kind of like freestyle over it. And we would like, he had like a, like, I think it was maybe like a flip phone that we like recorded all the stuff on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was basically that. And then he like came to school one day and was like, Hey man. Uh, so I'm moving to Argentina. It's <laughs> <laughs> a random way to end that relationship. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Oh, okay, cool, man. Uh, when are you, when are you leaving? He was like at the end of the semester. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, and like my logical, my brain kicked in and was like, well, I guess I need to learn how to play guitar so that I can make my own stuff. And yeah. That's kind of where it started. So I know you said you guys went to school together, but like, when was the, like I said, genesis of you guys like playing together in the band? <laughs> well, uh, Harper and I, 
Harper was when I moved schools uh, from like a very small like mm-hmm. church school that's like no longer exists uh, to let's say a bigger school. And Harper was like one of the only people I knew um, because we met in an, a manners class. A manners, uh, <laughs> yes. I had to teach us to have better manners. I'm not sure <laughs> much of that stuck, but um, and so. Yeah, we, I moved schools and Harper was like very, very kind to me as the new kid. Um, and we tried to play, play music on a number of occasions. I feel like we've, we jammed and like, it just did not go well. Yeah. <laughs> it went like, like, I think Harper, our music tastes were just too different at the time. And like, I think just like what we were, yeah, what we were interested in doing was just too far apart at the time. But like, we, we've always stayed friends and, yeah, you know would try again the next year and it still wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I distinctly remember there was a show that I was trying to play in high school. And I remember asking Sam if he would, he wanted to like just play this one show with me. He was like, yeah, we'll jam. And I wanted him to learn <laughs> the guitar solo in uh, search and destroy by uh, Iggy. And the yeah. yeah. And I was just like, Sam, can you learn that? And he was like, I mean, I'm just, I can just play a solo. And I was like, well, I want it to be that one. <laughs> like, like it, it just, I feel like after that, he was like, I think you may want to find someone else to play the show with you. <laughs> yeah, I, think was, I think it was, I want to be your dog. Oh, oh maybe it was. Yeah. yeah. If I'd been searching to destroy, my answer would have been different. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was, uh, I want to be your dog. But yeah, I think uh, even with like when Chico started, I remember like we, I got back from college and like Sam was like the first person I wanted to talk to. I was like, dude, you got to like be in this band with me. And he was like, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, we'll see. I, I, my, my guitar is in a, what was, I think it was like a, a pool, a pool house or something. Yeah, I was playing. I was playing in another band uh, at the time, and I had left. I would just like leave all my gear over at one of the guys' places and where we would rehearse. So Harvard asked if I went to jam, but like all my, I didn't have my amp with me, and so I had to like go and rescue it from this guy's pool house. But like he wasn't home, so I had to like deal with his parents who have always made me nervous. All parents, but specifically his his parents. And so it was just an ordeal, but. So like, when was the, uh, I guess, so you, you, you said you guys were in the band Chico together. So I guess kind of further elaborate on that. Um, yeah. So how I feel like our first album kind of came together was we, so I was in college at Auburn and I was in a doom metal band with my roommate, Jesse. And like black sabbath kind of stuff mm-hmm. and we were doing a bunch of shows but like secretly i was like you know i had like you know maybe four or five songs that i was kind of like chipping away at trying to work on and i mean i'd been working on them for like probably three years up to that point and i texted my friend who lived here alex and i was like hey man i have all these songs i want to record them he was like all right great yeah when you move back to birmingham we'll uh, we'll do it so I graduated and moved back and Alex and I started playing and I was, that's kind of when I met up with Sam. I was like, dude, you got to come like play on some of this stuff. 
I'm in a band. The band at the time was called Chromasthasia. That should be noted. With, uh, with Asia spelled like the, the Steely Dan record. <laughs> <laughs> so it was AJA at the end of the word. Yeah. And, uh, and Sam was like, I don't know, you know, what, we'll, we'll talk about it or whatever. And then there was a show at Disco, Desert Island Splico. And, you know, the, I think he asked Jesse, the guy, I think it was Michael Hart booked it. And he asked Jesse and I to play. And Jesse was like, I'm in Auburn. I'm taking summer classes. I can't. But I think Harper's got like a, a new thing going. And I was like, yeah, I'll play. And so I asked Alex and it was just going to be me and him, but we quickly realized like we couldn't play the songs, just the two of us. So I asked Sam, I was like, just play this one show with us. It's really simple stuff. It's only going to be like four songs. He was like, all right. And we kind of stumbled into our first show and it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of an ordeal as, as most shows were with us. Um, but we show. got done and uh, I was like, Sam, so I know tonight was chaotic, but <laughs> you maybe want to like stick around. I was like, yeah, I think I think I might could could do a couple of more shows or something. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, and from that, it was like I don't know. We kept we kept booking shows, and you know, we needed more songs. And I had I had songs that I had like worked on through college. I'd played like a couple house shows at Harper's House with his aforementioned band. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it kind of grew out of that, that like, I just, you know, we needed more stuff. And I was like, well, I have a song and it's two chords and we can learn it in 12, 12 <laughs> minutes on, on the way to the venue. Yeah. So we'll do that. And then it kind of just kept growing and I would add more and it was kind of like more of a, a shared thing as opposed to me just playing on, on Harper's stuff. Yeah. So like, when did like Chico kind of form into Good Lord? Was there like a certain kind of reason you guys wanted to kind of go into more of a two-piece direction? Well, so, so Chico, we, we, we made our first album mm -hmm. and that took about three years because of just life. <laughs> and, you know, we put it out and, you know, got some, people said some nice things about it and mm -hmm. we played a couple of shows as Chico. And, you know, I think we were looking at the new stuff that we were starting to do for like this you know, kind of section of songs and people would be like, Hey, what's your band called? And be like, it's called Chico, but you can't just search Chico. You have to either go to our Instagram and click the link there or just search Chico. And then one of the titles of our song, cause yeah. there are like thousands of Chicos. There's a Chico in Tennessee that messaged us and we're like, Hey, there's only, you know, we're a band called Chico too. And I was like, well, you live in Tennessee. Copyright. And we're going to hit you with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i kind of like towards the end of last year was kind of talking to sam about it and i was like i think we should change the band name he's like yeah i think we should too and so we we went through a, a bunch of different names and i think i just pushed sam into good lord and it's just i feel like it's just gotten to a point where it doesn't sound weird in my head <laughs> yeah i'd agree it's 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 grown on me i i definitely knew we needed to change it but like we have we had uh, always had like such a, such a hard time coming up with something that we both agreed on mm -hmm. and both felt good on. And like when we were coming up with Chico, when we were <laughs> Chromastasia, Asia spelled like the Steely Dan record, uh, 
it was me at that time it was me harper and our drummer alex um and alex had some of the wildest suggestions for things <laughs> he thought would be okay to call bands uh and so like trying to appease everyone was difficult and so this next time i thought it was when we we're switching to good lord um like the more i the more I, I said it in my head i was like yeah i think i think we can switch to this and it'll grow on me and it'll be fine what were some more of those those names that uh that, were, that weren't <laughs> <laughs> acceptable? Uh, I'll say my yeah. my favorite ones were the Coke Ridge Boys, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one that I hope to still be in a band called this someday, but Fanny Floss. Yeah, <laughs> and like we would go into like like we would have what we called band day or like take a creative day where we would just go to a bar and drink. And Alex would be like, seriously, like, why, what's wrong with Fanny Floss? Like, <laughs> tell me what's wrong with Fanny Floss. And we would just be like, dude, it's like, it doesn't fit anything like that, what we sound like. He's like, why? What? And like, could not fathom that Fanny Floss was not a good name. It almost sounds like a joke punk band. Like, <laughs> this is Fanny Floss. They're playing later at the firehouse today. Yeah, we yeah. were like not hardcore enough to be called that and also like a not like disco roller skating rink enough to be called that i feel <laughs> we were not we were not in the realm of fanny floss <laughs> so when you guys use good lord is it kind of do you is it weird saying it because you just is there like any kind of way of saying like good lord like you know good lord like any kind of like exclamation or like emphasis on it when saying it uh yeah. I just, well you go sam yeah okay i would say definitely there's an exclamation point there for a reason i think uh we generally mean it as like an exclamation. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It just makes me think of uh, the Foo Fighters were, were playing on Saturday Night Live and uh, Christopher Walken was hosting. And before like he had to say, ladies and gentlemen, here are the Foo Fighters or whatever, he asked Dave Grohl, he was like, is the emphasis on Foo or Fighters? And Dave Grohl was like, foo. So he's like, ladies and gentlemen, foo fighters. <laughs> <laughs> so, good Lord. I don't know. That's a terrible Christopher Walken. That was pretty mind. good. I think that's that a pretty good Walken impression. <laughs> One thing I really appreciate about you guys is um, uh, there's, a, there's a kind of a thing in 21st century like music analysis called the mono genre, which is that because, you know, the internet's so wide open, um, you know, previously back in the day when you had music, you only could, you know, listen to the stuff that was current because of the record store or stuff in the past but because of, you know, the internet, you can just listen to any music from any time period in your era. And I really feel like you guys, uh, your music is such, delves such into such different areas of different genres. Like um, I was listening to uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha earlier. And like, there's a part in that song. I was like, why did this go to Bossa Nova? <laughs> I was like, what happened? <laughs> But I love that about it. It's so like, like, what did your guys range range of influences when making you know this kind of music? Yeah, I mean specifically for Marsha, like, I mean, I feel like so I wrote that song in like a month, and I, which is the fastest I've ever written a song. Really, like songs take like years for me to write and complete, mm -hmm. and I just like. I kind of wrote it over the course of this relationship that I was in. And like the first verse was like, Oh, things are great. And then the second verse was like, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third verse is kind of like acceptance. So that like acceptance that it's over and that you, you know, we've kind of both gone our separate ways. 
And I was just like, it just felt kind of like such a little ditty. It just Mm -hmm. kind of felt like a folk tune. And I was like, how can we kind of like push that up? And I was like, I don't know. Like I was listening to what's his name. I have it on, we have a Marsha playlist. I, 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 was, I was walking that. There's like, uh, so you guys have Walt Wanderley and like Astrid Gerberto in there. Yes. So those kinds of thing. And, and there was specifically one, who is it? I always forget his name. It's Les Baxter. Uh, he, uh, the uh, Tropicando, like mm-hmm. I found that and had been kind of sampling that and for like, you know, I make like hip hop beats just for fun. And I'd been sampling stuff like that already around that time. And I was like, Ooh, like we should try to do that. And then we got into the studio with, with chance and Brandon and Pete. And I was like, I remember playing that song for Brandon on the way. Cause we did part of it at Brandon's studio. Then we went to the, to chance's studio to do the drums and stuff. And I was like, I was telling Brandon, I was like, I want it to kind of sound like this. And we were listening to it in the car. He was like, I don't think that we can make that happen. Like, they have like flutes and like all kind of crazy instruments and we got into chances and it just seemed kind of hopeless. And we were just like, Oh, we're just kind of over it. And chance played like two notes on this Fender uh, Rhodes they had. And I was like, that's it. And we all were just like, Oh wow. Like here it is. And yeah. So, I mean, guess to reel it all back in, it was like, you know, stuff that I'd already been listening to and you know, I, always try to just once we get to the studio it's like all right how can we make this sound you know not as you know conventional mm-hmm. it's kind of the the wilco approach like you know jeff tweedy talks about in uh around the um yankee hotel foxtrot era uh, he talks about kind of like taking a song and then deconstructing it and then building it back up and seeing what elements aren't really necessary and which elements are so that's kind of where where all that kind of came from. Mm-hmm. So one thing I was like, uh, also was kind of so like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha has that kind of bossa nova section, and um, she was dizziness almost reminds me of like Tame Impala, and it's like so. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's and, not gonna be happy about that one. Oh, and you don't like Tame Impala? <laughs> no, I don't. I've just never really gotten into them, and I think they was just like. There have been too many times that I've been having a bad time at a bar and all that bar is playing <laughs> Impala. So I have, I, you know, just shift the blame on to Kevin Parker. Um, bar is playing the less I know the better. You're <laughs> just like, I yeah. can't do this right now. <laughs> there was one time I remember I was at Avondale Brewery and I was sitting outside and they played like the same five Tame Impala songs like over and over and over. Like it was literally, they played them like at least four times, mm-hmm. just the same cycle. And I was... I was not, I was there with other people and I couldn't convince them to leave. And it was just like, I'm, I'm done with this band forever. I declare, <laughs> I declare it. And no one was very interested in that, but it was bothering me. Um, yeah. Choose dizziness was more of just like, uh, I don't I can't speak for the Tim and Paul stuff, but like <laughs> how I recorded that on Harper has like this, like little uh, like Micron synth that was, he had it like in his backseat when he like got T-boned to buy another car. And so it's very broken <laughs> in, in certain regions of the keyboard. And I like just messing around with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came like more of like, I don't know, gave it like a bit of like a 
an idea for us to make that sound like a little bit smoother and spacier mm -hmm. and open that maybe share some of the same elements with some, some certain Tame Impala songs that may or may not be played at breweries. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, so I let Sam borrow that synth and I think my bass and like in the course of like, I, it felt like maybe two weeks, but it was probably more like four months. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Sam just like blossomed as a songwriter or I, let's, I guess I just had only heard like two songs of his, but he kept sending me stuff. He was like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I'm like looking at my own stuff, like crap. Like I, I have to like reevaluate my entire life mm -hmm. right now. Cause like this next batch of songs, like Sam is just like crushing it. So yeah. Yeah, I think that also just goes to like we Harper and I Harper and I are very different people. Like I don't I don't know. Like we have a lot of bands that we both like, but I feel like our core influences are very different. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and like Harper was saying, he generally takes his time with writing things uh, and and putting things together. Um, whereas I kind of tend to be when I get like an idea, I like want to sit down. And I generally sit down and record a demo, like no matter the hour of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, I like want to get it down and I want to get that song like, you know, pretty much, you know, packaged and shipped as, as quickly as possible. <laughs> and then, and then like, you know, any sort of tweaks or changes can be made uh, in the studio and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think for me, it's just like, I have such anxiety about writing and I'm the world's greatest procrastinator on the planet. So like, I, like I'll just go over to Sam's and I'll just be like, dude, listen to this. And I'll play him like two chords. And he's like, well, what is this? I'm like, no dude, like this is sick. Trust me. And I'm like playing <laughs> it. And he's like, so it's C sharp major seven. That's it. That's it. And I'm like, no, dude, it's, it's, it's amazing. Trust me, Sam. He's like, well, just maybe work on it a little bit. <laughs> do you, um, do you feel like, uh, I feel like there's a kind of an art sometimes with making songs because there's a risk of being a songwriter where you, you know, you, there's two, like two little chords and it's like, oh, I can't just be just this, but also where, you know, you're writing a song and there's a lot of chords in it. And sometimes it's going to be like, almost like giving the audience like too much information in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a, no, I think, <laughs> uh, there's a very like kind of fine line mm -hmm. about, you know, I listen to like a lot of like songwriter proper type stuff where it's like mainly about the lyrics and whatnot. And there's definitely like a, a line that you can either be like really frank and plain spoken about something or like be incredibly cryptic and, you know, being able to express yourself both like, you know, lyrically and musically mm -hmm. to where it's like saying what you're saying and like probably as concisely as possible, but with it still being like your own words and not sort of getting lost in the temptation to make it some like cryptic puzzle that makes you feel cool for writing. Yeah. Uh, just like focusing on, you know, saying what you want to say, but also not making it too simplistic. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I feel the same way about like about that with with court like court progressions as well. Like we had a song on, on the first record called Salt that was literally just like two chords, and we mainly played it again because we needed to fill up time, <laughs> and, and we could like learn it on the way there. Um, and then like our last single, Kitchen, had like 
a pretty jazzy progression that I've been trying to shoehorn into every song for like two <laughs> years now. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a, a, it's like a case-by-case basis too. Yeah, for sure. What what feels right. Yeah, I think, you know, I, Sam and I have such different approaches to to songwriting, but like, for me, it's like, I'll just lock into something and just play it over and over and over and over and over and just be like, Oh, what if I added a third chord? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I'll have, I'll have little moments like that where, you know, I like, I feel like Sam is the music, like I, for lack of a better word, music genius of, of our band where I, I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about chords or theory or anything. And I just kind of like make stuff. And then I ask Sam if it works and he's like, yeah, yeah, that works. Or no, don't ever do that again. <laughs> a lot of like him, him trying to play certain notes. And I'm like, mm, that's a, make that a minor, make that a minor. In this what are you doing? Yeah. I just, I feel like I just made Sam's day the other day. I watched like four videos on the circle of fifths and he, he was just like, all right, good job. He's like, you did it. <laughs> you got music theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Traditionally, Harper, that's like, I think one of our, our strengths is that like Harper, like in the, in the, like, you know, strict theory sense, a lot of times doesn't necessarily know what he's up to. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, that can cause him to get lost out there in the nebulous musical space. <laughs> and I feel like I, I bring him back into like some sort of structure and then similarly, I feel like I feel very safe in, in, in like a musical structure. Like I, I feel very comfortable, you know, whenever I play a riff, immediately mm-hmm. figuring out like what keys I'm allowed to be in. And Harper can like definitely, he helps me like break out of the, the straitjacket of, of, of like traditional music theory and stuff to, to help kind of bring my sounds somewhere that I would not have intended them to, to be. But mm-hmm. he kind of helps, you know, loosen up uh, my stuff as well. Yeah. It's kind of like the classic where you're like playing something over and over and then somebody hits like a, a wrong note. You're like, Oh, it's wrong. And Sam's like, wait, I like that note. Play that. That's good. Or, you know, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> what I really, I really dig about it, I think it kind of shows the music is because, um, you know, kind of that combination, uh, you know, if, cause I feel like if it was two people who like really knew music theory, like, and really like hard jazz guys it would kind of you know you would lean somewhere in like the the steely dan direction <laughs> where it's just like shoving chords and stuff and all these chord progressions that would take you know days to learn but also if it was too broken down you know it would kind of be like a very like kind of simplistic um you know uh kind of maybe like really like you know kind of just one chord punk band but it's because it's kind of the fusions of those two worlds it works in a way where it has like parts that really rock out but also have parts that are really mellow and complex and a really cool chord wise you know yeah i think i think that's kind of the the yin and yang of our band Mm -hmm. you know like me not knowing what i'm doing and sam being the one to know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) do you um do you guys like to kind of like lock yourself to a certain genre or kind of just free it up to where you know when someone asks you like what's your genre do you what's the answer I think we're usually just like, just listen to it. <laughs> just like, doesn't, doesn't matter what we say, listen to it. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> like, it's it's so hard, I think, for both of us because, like, we both, I mean, especially with the new batch of songs that we're working on right now, mm-hmm. or at least that I'm working on, like, 
uh, one that's kind of like a country western song and then one that sounds like it, it's the beautiful ones by prince so it's like we we like so many different mm-hmm. kinds of music and and try to you know filter so much through our band that to just be like yeah we're indie rock it saves us a lot of time but it's like <laughs> if someone like was at a show and was like hey tell me what kind of music your band is like. I would just sit down and be like, let's have a beer and like talk about like, you know, let's talk about Fela Kuti or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And now you guys can play water, get no enemy. <laughs> just throw a left field. <laughs> I didn't expect to do that one. <laughs> um, so I guess, so when is like coming, I guess new music kind of coming soon? Uh, well, yeah, I so I moved to Wisconsin last year. I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in law school up here. Um, and this summer, I was like, I was planning to have gone and recorded like at least three or four times between like March and now. And obviously, none of that has happened. Um, so I I don't know. I don't. There's <laughs> like a bad answer that we don't really know what our next like big release is. But right now, we're kind of just like Harper's got two songs that he's in different studios on. Mm-hmm. I got stuff that I'm ready to record come, come Christmas, hopefully. Yeah. I'm not sure what our next, uh, how like our next package release is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we fell into this trap with uh, the Chico album and, you know, people like we would be talking about it to somebody or like be playing a show and be like, when's this record going to come out? You know, when we started it in 2017, I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll have it done by, like, December 2017. And then, like, I would run into the same person and be like, so when is this album going to come out? Oh, you know, probably, like, March 2018. And then, like, it just <laughs> keeps getting pushed back. And then, you know, finally people just give up. And you're like, hey, man, just when, when you get it done, just put it out. Like, <laughs> That's so, why you just got to say soon. It's like, oh, it's coming. Yeah, it'll come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, we got we got new stuff coming. <laughs> don't don't worry. It's yeah. I mean, I can talk for Sam's songs. Sam's songs that he has are like some like I'll listen to the demos just in my free time, just because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's really catchy. Like, and there it'll just like randomly pop in my head, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I have to put on this song. Um. So we, I mean, we have like a ton of stuff that's like written. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of getting into a studio and actually doing it. So are you guys plan on doing like a proper, like an EP or kind of like a proper LP for the next release? <laughs> on, a, on a single kind of by single basis. I feel um, like regardless of what either one of us says right now, <laughs> the, other one, <laughs> the other one will be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Sam would like to do like a small EP, but I want to do like a double album. <laughs> a double album? <laughs> like I want to have like 20 songs. You see like the studio times racking up, like we don't have the 20 song budget. <laughs> yeah. I think Brandon would, Brandon and Chance, the folks we record with would definitely like, I don't know. It'd be a, it'd be a bloodbath. It would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> they would not be happy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, we've been working with chance and brandon in nashville for so long um and we just kind of got access to combes to do some stuff with brad over there mm-hmm. so 
you know, I feel like between, if we can utilize the two studios, like, I feel like we could have something, you know, hopefully like 2022 maybe, but (laughs) (laughs) we don't, you know, we don't, we we can't speak about anything before 2022. (laughs) I don't know. I think, I think the, I I had like a record written pretty much. Uh, It was a, basically about me getting dumped <laughs> and it was the best that, it was our breakup album yeah harper and i found ourselves like both sad and single and pretty drunk uh yeah. <laughs> like during the same same period of time and wrote a bunch of songs um and i just i don't know i feel very different from like i've moved on and feel different, very different from the person that wrote those songs and don't really yeah feel like going back and recording those you know mm-hmm. even though i think i think it'd be a good album i think like uh yeah. i think we both like some of the songs on there and some of them will certainly i mean choose dizziness was one of the songs that kind of survived but i think there are the other guillotine. songs yeah <laughs> like i think that was kind of our plan to record that and then i threw the brakes on that uh just out of like my personal feelings and so we're kind of and then by the time we were about to like sort of refocus uh, I moved and then, you know, COVID happened. So we haven't really had a chance to to regroup and figure out what what exactly the next big picture thing is. We're just sort of yeah. recording songs whenever we, we can get to the studio. So, yeah. And, you know, I think we had this idea to just release release a song once we finish it in the studio, which is what we've been doing. So, like, I've recorded Marsha in September of last year. And Sam recorded Dizziness and Kitchen in December of last year. And so those were the three that we had like pretty much ready to go. So we were like, we'll put those three out and then kind of take stock of everything. But like, I don't know, I have like four different pieces of paper, like scattered around my house of like what the final track listing of this imaginary album is going to be but who knows at this point one thing i really want to say about um uh kitchen was that <laughs> i guess the fuzz on your guitar for some reason the song reminded me so much of born to run when i kept listening to it <laughs> i was like why does it remind me of born to run so much <laughs> i can see that it's, that makes uh, me happy those guitars are those guitars are big for sure. <laughs> uh that's like yeah that's a swollen pickle i think we've used that that pedal has somehow chance playing with that pedal has ended up on like maybe every song i don't know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it always finds its way on there yeah, but i had but- i had not thought of born to run <laughs> <laughs> so what are you guys kind of listening to right now kind of kind of you know it's kind of COVID happening what is kind of music that's kind of giving you guys you know inspiration this time <laughs> sam do you want to start uh yeah i guess i mean i i've been listening pr- pretty much since it since like quarantine and stuff started i've been listening like to a lot of damien gerardo mm-hmm. uh he's like already like a pretty big influence for me um and like I have a couple of his records that are like my productivity records. Like I will put them on and then that's like my brain is like, okay, it's time to to start like getting stuff done when those records are on. Um, But there are other records of his that I find very like calming and um, he's got a record called the horizon just laughed. And that whole record is just very like placating and peaceful to me and his voice on that record. It's just so, I don't know. It like, it fills up my, my senses. It's John Denver would say, um, and 
so I'd say that's mainly what I've been listening to. I like will listen to his whole, I'll start like his most recent record on Spotify and let it play through like 10 records. What'd you say, Harper? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I started COVID just, I mean, there wasn't a lot out there. I really, mm-hmm. but I really love the, the latest Thundercat album. Um, you know, I, I just watched this documentary on this record store in New York called Other Music. And there was like a treasure trove of of music that I kind of got out of that documentary. Like I would pause it and then just take screenshots of like, they had like (laughs) big walls of like top selling albums from our record store. And like, I don't know half these people. Yeah. Um, There's this Italian uh, prog rock group called Le Orme. I think I've, I've had it pulled up on Google translate and trying to say it over and over, but I probably still butchered the pronunciation. Um, then uh, this guy named Bob Trimble, he has a song called uh, Killed by the Hand of an Unknown Rock Star that I'm like super into. Um, and I mean, kind of my go-tos uh, this year, I guess, have been like RCV Moore, Glad Music, um, Loaded, I mean, uh, Scream Delica by Primal Scream. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm kind of fascinated with everything that came out of Creation Records in like the late 80s, early 90s from like, you know, bands like Oasis and uh, like Slow Dive. Yeah. You know, all uh, and even like Super Furry Animals, like the craziness, like just how weird that label is makes me so happy. So we're going to get like some, some Britpop sounds from you guys soon? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, what's really funny is Sam and I have this whole thing where like I hate Oasis with a burning passion. Like I hate (laughs) their music. I don't get it. Like I don't understand why it's good. I, I like, I mean, Wonderwall is great, but like, I just don't get it, but I love them. I I can listen to Noel Gallagher (laughs) and Liam Gallagher in interviews for like hours on end. Yeah. And they just, yeah. Go ahead. We spend a lot of time talking to each other about the members of Oasis. <laughs> uh, much more than about the music of Oasis. Yeah. There's one really great video of Liam talking to a group of like preschool children. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely like, it just gives me hope for the rest of my life <laughs> to, to kind of even out. Cause it's like, this guy is clearly like still like 13 and yeah. then interacting with eight-year-olds is like where he needs to be. And I'm like, that's me though. <laughs> so you guys don't want to know what a champagne supernova is? <laughs> you know, I've watched so many interviews. I actually know what it is. Uh, <laughs> will, you, will you tell us in, Please, your, I in one know. of your Gallagher brother <laughs> accents? Yeah, uh, let's see. Harper is Let also me... in charge of impressions. Oh man. God, I, I got to hear this. Uh, you know, I was writing Supernova, and I was like, "That's a great song." I don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of people get it, but you know, it's just me pissed out of my mind just writing a song. Liam sang the the hell out of it, man. He's great, you know. <laughs> I don't know. That was that's where great. That's where it became unbelievable is when you were no complimenting Liam. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, that would never happen. 
You know what's funny is I I just watched they had it's like the 25th anniversary of uh what's the story Morning Glory yeah he has like like a whole treasure trove of interviews that I like fell down a rabbit hole yesterday him just like yeah we went to the studio we didn't know what we were doing we were just pissed man we just go in the studio and bang it out and I'm like yeah that's why it sounds bad. Oh God. But uh, I really want to thank you guys for uh, being interviewed for this. Um, I really got really dig your guys' music. Um, so kind of, can you tell everybody kind of where you, you can got, they can find your music? Um, we're on all streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. TikTok, uh, Spotify. T- TikTok. Specifically Tidal. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. We had a whole, we had a whole thing about Tidal. Like that's, that's where we're promoting all our stuff first. No, but I mean like Spotify, Apple music, and then you can f- follow us on Instagram at uh good Lord band. And um, yeah. We're on Bandcamp as well. Bandcamp money goes. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan, <laughs> big fan of Bandcamp. Um, yeah. In general, yeah. I probably shouldn't end on like a more triumphant statement. What seriously? Thank you guys for just coming, showing up today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having us. No problem.